0: Welcome to Movie Maniacs, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. Well, we are back with another edition of Movie Maniacs. And yes, I bet you're wondering whose voice is this guy. It is Mike Rags, finally back co-hosting. This award winning podcast and show on Wobble 1190 and 1075 FM. But Chuck did a wonderful job with Kenny, uh, helping out and hosting the show. It didn't miss, miss a beat, Chuck. How you doing, man?
1: I'm doing really well. I've enjoyed doing it with uh, Kenny B, but I got to tell you, it's good to have you out of the perennial basement doing this once. I did, bunk-
0: I did. I was bunkered up for quite some time through the holidays. <laughs> there's no doubt about it. I've got a full grown beard going here, too. So, uh, One of these days, I'll get outside again. But it's been an interesting last couple of weeks, too. Chuck and I, it's the new year, so we like to go back in time. A little bit later on, we'll count down our favorite movies from 40 years ago. We get to go into the year 1983, and both of us commenting off the air how great a movie year it was. But I would say maybe three of the funniest comedies of all time are on my list. We'll get to that later on. We'll recap the Golden Globes as well. And a special cause this weekend, Chuck, and it should be near and dear to your heart, too, because... We have a cinema here quite similar to the one that uh, you run, Pocono Cinema in East Stroudsburg, uh, that has a cause. Cinema Center in Fort Wayne needs a new projector. Uh, Back in October, uh, they figured out they better update their their equipment and get a laser uh, projector. Uh, for their 126 seat, six seat art house, so Cinema Centers Art Herbig will join us on the show. He's the executive director, and we'll let you know how you can uh, help donate to this cause. Uh, Forty one thousand dollars to get a new projector, and you know, as you run that Pocono Cinema, you know it. it you know, it, there comes a time where you got to ask the community to help. Chuck,
1: uh, I know the feeling extremely well, and you know, I want the audience to look at it this way: if everybody in the listening audience gave between a dollar and five dollars. You would be surprised how close you get to the goal and get to that goal of $41,000, which is a tremendous cause because without a digital uh, laser projector in the year 2023, uh, movie theaters simply cannot operate. So I wholeheartedly believe in that cause, and I I hope it reaches its uh, goal.
0: And we'll talk to Art in a little bit about the cause, and it's a great cinema. Chuck, you'd Love it does film festivals locally here too, and all kind of Monty Python's, yes. the Holy Grail. I believe they're showing this weekend too. They they do the you know same thing you guys do the the retro movies and all that stuff, and and first run as well. Um, Chuck, uh, before we get into any kind of you know uh, fun stuff, let's talk about the Golden Globes. And um, first of all, the times have changed, and I don't know what happened, but you know how I feel about award ceremonies over the past few years with the Oscars. These Golden Globes were completely off my radar. Um I didn't watch one single frame of it. I I wow. watched the recaps. Mm-hmm. I was I was happy with some of the winners. I was glad Spielberg won, Kevin Costner, uh short round one, uh our good friend from Indiana Jones movies. Um but you know, I have to be honest with you, I wasn't into it. And getting the play by play from you about the host and some of the things I saw on Twitter and Facebook completely turned off by not only you know some of the off-color jokes from the host, but also the attack on Tom Cruise and just it all fell flat. You watched it frame by frame. Maybe you could talk about it a little bit more.
1: Well, let me just preface and say that in 2020, the Golden Globes rating was 20.5 million viewers. Uh, f- flash uh, backwards to a couple days ago when it aired this. Tuesday night, 6.3, like wow. 6.3, the lowest rating the Globes has ever had. And I can't help but think, uh, cause I have mixed feelings. One, I like the industry. Obviously we've been covering the industry talking about the industry for a very long time. So I don't want to just completely go, uh, radio silent on watching an award show. Having said that, when I watched it does, I mean, and I hate saying it, but I have to be honest, it does feel really more tone deaf and self-indulgent than it ever felt before. And I, I gotta tell you, I, I always thought that The Globes was very well organized, award show, very entertaining, yeah, 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 very yeah, streamlined. Productions, yep, yep, and it always had, and it always ended on time. Yep. I mean they, they it always ended on time. This year's telecast felt extremely disjointed, very sloppy. It went twenty minutes or twenty-five minutes over time. The speeches, some of the speeches went on as if the people thought they could speak for half an hour. Uh, which is really ridiculous. Now, I did, some like
0: are, Eddie, I did like Eddie Murphy, though. That
1: was yeah, funny. Yeah, listen, when you get a lifetime achievement, Award, that's a different that's a different yeah. animal. You you, yeah. you have the right to speak. But I'm talking about people winning uh, an an award, going up there, speaking for 12, 13 straight minutes. That's just way too long. I thought the I thought the 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 host, uh, I think his name Gerard Carmichael, who I was not familiar with. One, I I, I thought he was somewhat in over his head. I mean, he seemed like a nice guy, but some of his jokes I thought completely missed. And I thought the the joke or attack on Tom Cruise was very ill-time considering the fact, and you would text me this reality, is that Tom Cruise helped save the movie industry uh, to a point. Yeah, yeah. The hit of Maverick, Top Gun. And what in the world in 2023, Scientology and Tom Cruise is is way beyond yesterday's news I mean sure that, you're, we're talking about Jumping on the couch during Oprah And what was that like 15 years ago So like that joke felt like um, So So out of touch well, That plus, uh, it was embarrassing
0: a, In the age of Trumpism And QAnon's and there's plenty of Conspiracies to go around all over the place but, I mean Scientology is old news I mean it's, it's like that cult old. has been Beaten down and done and, and, and nobody Even cares anymore Um, In fact, ask the average person They probably didn't even remember Tom Cruise was even Still involved with it, if the guy didn't bring it up It wouldn't have mattered Um, You know, and and it seems like that awards Reached its peak with Ricky Gervais' speech a few years back He nailed Uh the tone He told everybody, you know, the BS They've been dishing out to everybody And I think he might have exposed To a lot of Americans like, you know what Yeah, what the hell am I watching this for And and for some reason, since that point on, Chuck, I've been really down on these self-indulgent awards, and and the Oscars are even worse, um, to, because it's just a pat on it, it's just pat on your back and preach, and then nobody needs that anymore. We get plenty but about Twitter. If you want to be yeah. preached to, just go on Twitter.
1: But here's the thing: to so the listening audience who've listened to us for quite so, we've known each other for a long time, right? Yeah. And it's about thirty years, right? So there was a point in time when the Oscars were announced we used to te- we use i know we both used to wake up early yeah right? used to be and, up, yeah and, and yeah. text or phone each other or email and say did you see did you see who was nominated who got snubbed we were literally excited it yeah. just the culture yep. the co- culture as a whole has changed so dramatically uh, uh in the last two and a half years Has almost felt like 10. now right? Honestly,
0: we we might have changed too we both have kids now and maybe, and maybe. Take responsibilities and, and maybe. have a bigger picture in the world. So maybe yeah. know the importance of what uh you know, a golden globe award is, but uh, at the same time, like I said, it is nice to see Steven Spielberg get, Spielberg get recognized and perhaps it'll, it'll happen again um, coming up Oscar time. And, and I root for that, but that's just, that's just because it brings us back to our childhood and, and, and the movies we loved and all that stuff. But, you know, in, in all due respect, I mean, the nominees weren't all that terrific, but whatever. Um, I do want to throw a new movie out there because we are talking. You know, one of the reasons I came back, Chuck, is because mm-hmm. I had to be here when Gerard Butler releases a new movie. I mean, if I, know that. If I was not on the show when Gerard Butler comes out with his latest <laughs> film, what would our audience yeah. do? But he does come out with plain, relatively decent buzz. I mean, I'm sure it's one of his formula, you know, formula action movies that works. Um, but it is an airplane movie. And you and I are fans of that genre. Yeah. so. I might
1: go see this flick. Here's the thing. Uh, Just to uh, touch on the box office real quick. You got Avatar Way of Water dominating worldwide box office, now up to $1.7 billion in relatively only three weeks, which is a very impressive feat. I know it's been on IMAX at 3D, and the ticket prices are higher, but it's still a very nice number. I look at Avatar Way of Water more like a giant video game that does have some emotion to it, projected onto the big screen it's not the future of what I want in film having right. said that i know people who have gone to see it and have been emotionally moved and that's a good thing for theater owners okay Megan uh number two at the box office this weekend blew past expect- expectations was tracking at around 17 million to 30 million dollars and I got to tell you Megan's the first movie in a while beside the movies I see at the Pocono cinema because I'm affiliated and it's only literally one minute from where right. I reside, right? So I go there all the time. This is the first movie Megan in a while that I felt motivated based on the hook and the trailer that I, I went to a multiplex to watch. I brought my wife and my daughter. I said to Sydney, let's go to the movies, let's bond, do something besides play basketball and go to the gym. So we go see Megan and I got to tell you uh I really liked it and I'll tell you why because the pacing of the film was not really like 2023 it was more old school method it was somewhat methodically paced to develop characters suck you in they ha- they gave the the megan character robotic uh, animatronic doll really good dialogue the movie's thought-provoking discusses a lot of interesting stuff about artificial intelligence it's the same almost the same way terminator did and allison williams is a really good lead the movie's very entertaining uh, if if I was Bloomhouse when I were well, before this was released and I looked at it, I would go, "We got something really good here." They analyzed, I mean, they utilized social media extremely effectively. That yeah, was a good it, marketing uh,
0: campaign; it really was. They yeah.
1: drew in that they drew in that weird dance sequence with, with Megan, uh, supposedly at the last minute. The director had this idea that got a lot of buzz on social media, and that's bringing people into theater. And uh, I just think it's a good movie. It's this is for a January early release. This is as good as you're going to get for a genre movie. Uh, I'd give it an 8 out of 10. And there's going to be a sequel. And I really was impressed by a lot of things in this film. So kudos to Blumhouse for giving us a very enjoyable January release. Mike, go see Megan. I think it's really good.
0: All right. Interesting. And, you know, it goes to show you that the change in, in our lifestyles and the way we go and watch movies now. Um, you would have told me 10 years ago, I would not see the new James Cameron movie. I would have told you you're crazy, but I have not. Right. I just I, I, did, I just have not gotten the motivation to go see Understood. that movie. Um, but I will. I will eventually uh, go see it. And I'm hearing my daughter loved it. Like she she absolutely loved it. So
1: that's really good. Now, I just want to, just one more thing. The box office in general, there's still huge holes in in, in the issue of theaters getting healthy because the Whitney Houston movie. Yeah. I, I got to dance with somebody. I thought it was a solid watch. It's not a great movie, but it's solid with a good lead performance. If you're a Whitney Houston fan, I said it's well worth seeing. Right? The movie's done like 16 million in its entire run. Now, you compare that to Rocketman and Bohemian Racé, which right. blew past 100 million at the box office. I say to myself, well, why aren't people interested in this? Babylon, I didn't think was going to do well, but it's completely fallen off the rest. My $10 million uh, it yeah. has a 250 million worldwide break even. So it's going to be a financial loser for Paramount. So there's still uh, – and I, and I and I say this repeatedly. If a movie or a concept doesn't have a really good hook to lure you in, if it's just a movie that is a story that's good but doesn't have that, oh, I got to go see it feel, it's not going to do well in theaters. Right. At least and, not- and,
0: and another note on that too. You yeah. can put whoever you can put the biggest movie star in it, like Brad Pitt I, or Margot Robbie or Tom Hanks with his new movie. Otto. it, mm-hmm. it won't matter unless the a, concept be, is intriguing. The concept's really good. B, it's got to be really good too. No, no yes. you know, high concept and so so movies don't work anymore. No, um, yeah. and, and so they really got to get back to the drawing board. And and which is encouraging with Megan, write a good script, get a good concept, write a good script, cast it well. That's all you need. That's really all you need. Um,
1: And And you need it and you need it and you need a trailer or a scene that plays really well on TikTok.
0: Yeah. You got to get these kids today want to have to want to see it. You got to get them in. You got to draw them in. So marketing is more important now than maybe it ever was. And you look back at the 1983 movies when we get to it later on, you'll see the stark Mm -hmm. difference between the quality of movies then. And it's not nostalgism it's true these movies are a lot better now than than what we're getting nowadays
1: i agree i mean you look at uh, when when we go over this list of 83 it, it is earth shattering in the difference in quality and the love of what was versus what is now uh we're very much into content versus quality at this I, point it's right. just uh, hopefully that's going to change i think it will slowly but uh We needed to change yesterday, not uh, next year. All right,
0: Chuck, let's talk to Art Herbig right now from Cinema Center here in Fort Wayne. And then we'll come back and we'll rank our top 10 movies of 1983. Cinema Center, they need a new projector and we're going to help Fort Wayne. And so is our Movie Maniacs uh, audience here. and We have a special chance to talk to uh, Art Herbig from uh, Cinema Center. He's the executive director over there. Uh, Art, welcome to the show, and uh, how are things? Uh, you got through the holidays, everything doing okay? Yeah, I think
2: doing well. Um, you know, we took a little bit of a break over at Cinema Center at the end of the year, and now we're back up and running and, and fully rolling again. Um, it's, it's just fun to get back into the programming and to be able to bring cool stuff to Fort Wayne.
0: Now, Art, to explain your background, because I know you are uh, you, you teach over at PFW as well. How did you get involved with the cinema Uh, How are you currently involved with the cinema, along with being the executive director?
2: Well, you know, I showed up at Fort Wayne, God, it was about 12 years ago now, um, as a university professor. I was just, you know, the associate professor for media production over in the comm department at what was IPFW and now is PFW. And um, through the years, I joined the Cinema Center board to help out there, and it became clear that... Cinema Center um, just needed some help, you know, like many nonprofits, you know, how to do things when you don't have a large infrastructure behind you, um, you know, can become difficult. And so it just became clear at one point um, to the board and, um, to you know, we even got some local consultants to help us out that if we could create a partnership, there were more things Cinema Center would be able to do. Right. And so... At that point, it we was decided, well, let's create an agreement with PFW where we'll let the Center for Collaborative Media, which is basically me and Alex Watson over on the PFW campus, to kind of take over and take some things off the plate of the the Cinema Center staff so that they can be more efficient and create programming and doing doing the cool things and, you know, really just doing the business of Cinema Center. So, you know, for, for now, I do things like, you know, write grants and make community partnerships and um, reach out to people. You know, so we, you know, we did programming in the last year with the Center for Nonviolence and Amani and all of those kinds of things, and it's allowed us to kind of extend our reach so that we can really have more of an impact in the community because we've got now this this larger organization behind us, and so it's been a really cool partnership, and I've really enjoyed it. Um, it's certainly not a place that university professor. You think someday I'm going to be an executive director of a nonprofit? Well, um, <laughs> you
0: know, it's interesting because, and we're talking with Hart, Art Herbig uh, from uh, the Cinema Center, the ex- executive director over there. Uh, my co-host on Movie Maniacs, very similar situation in East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, where he helps out a, a, a you know a, a local theater there that. Shows uh, also run movies and and, and new movies along the lines, but it also very much so needs the grants, needs the help along the Mm -hmm. way. Uh, So you guys are in a very similar position where you also have, by the way, a full-time gig doing something else while you're trying to help (laughs) run this theater. So, you know, tell, talk to us about this projector. Now Um, I'm I'm guessing it's 10 years old and needs some help. And, And by the way, if you have not gone to cinema center, it is a fantastic place to see a theater, 126 seats, it's um, pretty intimate setting, very, very clean, all the things you'd want out of going to a movie theater experience, and that's what we want people going back to the theaters, and this is a perfect place to do it. But explain the situation and the dilemma you have now with this projector.
2: Well, what happened was um, we had a we had a part go down, and um, our wonderful tech who comes in and helps us out um, said to me, "Hey, uh, just so you know, I'm replacing this part. It's no big deal, but." <laughs> Um, the projector's 10 years old, and if this part were to break again, the likelihood of the manufacturer making it isn't very high. Wow. <laughs> wow. So uh, we were like, oh, okay, so what you're saying is it's time to get a new projector? And he was like, yes, that's very much saying it's time to get a new projector. And, you know, the fact is um, the projector we got, it you know, was the product of a very similar community campaign, um, people coming together and, and helping us to, to purchase it, Um but it, and it was, at the time, a, a, a nice projector for what it was, but it was still a bulb-based projector. Um, and it still has, you know, while you know, it has the capacity for fully digital HD, it's, it's just it's a, it's a, a little bit behind the curve in terms of technology. It's ancient. And yeah,
0: it's ancient. You can say it. It's, yeah. it's, <laughs> old, it's old technology. We're, all, we're well, in the I, digital age now. It's time for a laser projector that, to, to yeah. get into that theater.
2: Yeah, and so, um, you know, the fact is that it, we, we really appreciate, you know, 10 years ago people coming together and helping us out and, and all the hard work that went into that, and it's just, unfortunately, in the nature of movie projecting technology, 10 years is about time to get a new one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, it's an opportunity also. You know, it's funny because um, somebody asked me just recently because they were donating ever for buying a ticket, but they were, like, donating a dollar. And they're like, what's the dollar going to do? And I was like, well, you know, there are two things that happen here. One is you buy a projector, but the other thing you do is you gather your community. You bring those people together and you show, you know, like we have, you know, this Cinema Center is a place where people gather to do this. You know, we joke at Cinema Center that we're the one place in town where the movie isn't the end of the conversation, it's the start. You know, you come to Cinema Center to have these interactions, yeah. to be a part of this. You know, the last, one of the last films we showed in 2022 was a film To Leslie. And after the film, the editor of the film, Chris McCaleb, you know, was Zoom chatted with us and talked to us about editing the film and all those kinds of things. We Every Friday night now, we're doing programming like that, where it's a movie and something. Well, and, that, yeah. and so... I was going to say, that's
0: one of the benefits of making sure you have a projector like this. It allows you, it opens up so many avenues to be able to do extra things at the theater beyond uh, just showing a movie. And I know, you know, you want to have those, you know, unique offerings that you were talking about there. God forbid the bulb, uh, the projector goes down and and you're out of service for a little time there. I mean, and you, and you guys, this is not, you meet guys who've been around for 45, over 45 years now, Cinema Center. So this is not that you talk about community. This theater is a mainstay in this community.
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny that, you know, the Hall Center is a unique place. We're, you know, you know slightly situated at kind of the obscure place on the arts campus. Uh, you know, Barry there. Um, it, we, we, we're, we're in this kind of in downtown, but, you know, not always seen as kind of the mainstay of downtown. And sometimes I think people do forget that we exist, but it's really fun when they do and they come back. Because when they come back, they're like, I forgot about this place. This is really cool. Well, the and, cool, you know, so,
0: art. The funny thing is, is like when you go Fort down for downtown Fort Wayne. Not that downtown's great. Don't get me wrong. But I'd rather be yeah. two blocks away from downtown, which which is about what you guys. are I mean, just just off the beaten path a little bit, more yeah. parking, more thing. You know, just just a little different taste of Fort Wayne downtown.
2: Yeah. No. It, it, it is, and it's, but it's, it really is fun because sometimes I do feel like. We're, we we can be treated as the best kept secret. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, people go and you know the other thing is it's really interesting when people say to me, you know, you, you're the movie theater in downtown, and I kind of want to, yeah, I kind of cringe a little bit. No, we're not the movie theater in town. We do show movies, but we're the arts nonprofit that right. shows movies in downtown. You know, we have members. Our members get to contribute to the things we put on screen. I get emails from members all the time. That, hey, have you thought about this? And, you know, this is coming up. And, uh, you know, I, I just got an uh, email the other day that, you know, somebody was like, it's the 40th anniversary of this classic film. Is there a way that maybe we could put together something around that? And, you know, this, this organization is built from the ground up. It's built from the the members of the Fort Wayne community that, that have a say in how we operate. You know, uh, there's a wonderful woman, Virginia Zimmerman, um, who – just came to me at the beginning of the projector project it was just like what can I do? how can I help mm. what is it you know like can I write a check can I you know is it do I need to rally people what what can I do and you know it's those kind of people that that m- allow us to function and and so you know the the stronger our community is, the more likely we are to succeed and you know having a moment where where we have to you know, do something like buy a projector. I think it's also a moment to rally this group of people together and remind them hey, you know, this is a vital part of our community. That, you know, I mean, you know, we, we joke, you know, that Fort Wayne is kind of one of those middle cities yeah. on its way up. Well, you, you know, you want to be one of those cities on their way up. you got to have an art house independent movie. Absolutely. You
0: know? <laughs> and, and, but, you know, look art, we're talking about Art Herbig, the executive director over at Cinema Center. Before we get too far along here, let's tell people how they can help out. It's cinemacenter.org slash donate. That's cinemacenter.org slash donate. Remember, if you don't know where it is, Eastbury Street downtown, we're talking about the location, assuming that. You know, there are probably people in Fort Wayne. We we have one of those downtown? Yes. Uh, they do festivals. <laughs> yep. They do. You uh, know, in, in fact, it, you guys just did something over the uh, the fall, right? The Hobnobbin Film Festival trying to start raising money for this cause.
2: Well, you know, Hobnobbin exists uh, without this cause. Hobnobbin has been around now for seven, eight years. Right. And um, it's our local film festival, and it brings films in from all over the world and around the corner. We have films... We had films from Iran, and we had films from you know, Purdue-Fort Wayne. and so, That's awesome. You know, the, the fact is that it, it's an opportunity to gather people around films that they definitely would not see other places. And, 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 and most importantly,
0: ahead. people need to realize uh, uh, fresh popcorn, correct? Butter? um and uh plenty of snow caps and 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 things of that nature if you need candy there that you know it, it, you know, people think oh oh you know these little theaters they don't have all the fixings no you guys got all the fixings
2: no not only that we have the best popcorn in town and i will put our popcorn up against anybody if, I'm, if people want to put cinema center to the popcorn challenge come on over um, <laughs> because our popcorn is the best popcorn in town and and you should not be without having some. And and you're right; it adds to the movie experience. When you go to the movies, you got to have popcorn, you got to have candy, you got to have your soda, you got to do your thing. Absolutely. And so, yeah, you know, it's like, you no, know, we're in a lot of ways. You know, I, I I once had a very silly person tell me that you know Netflix is going to kill all movie theaters, and I was like, you know, Netflix may kill the 16 screen movie theater. Yeah. We're going to be here. Yeah. We're, this, is, this is where we preserve this experience. And so what we want to do is just you know, show that we can raise money for our projectors, show that we can do these kinds of things because we want to be the place that this experience will exist in the community permanently.
0: Uh, Fort Wayne you know, Cinema will- Center. Yeah, they need that uh, a new bu- new laser projector uh, for their 126-seat art house. Again, it's cinemacenter.org slash donate. I-, I believe your goal was $41,000. I'm-, I'm guessing that's the cost of this projector. Again, so let's yep. help them out if we can. Cinemacenter.org slash donate. And, and you know, my partner and I talk about it all the time, about that communal experience of going to the movie theaters. You know, yeah, those streaming services, they won't kill movie theaters. It'll just change the business in the industry. And it has, we've seen it. We're not going to lie yeah. about it, but always that, that feeling of going out, the lights go down and you're with other people watching a movie. I don't think that's ever going away. And it's theaters like this. That'll help it survive and thrive. Um, we might not get those miniplexes anymore, but the cinema anymore, but you know, those big amphitheater uh, movie experiences, I kind of crave for those, you know, 3000 seat theaters we might get back to that point in time. Me personally, Art. That's what I think. I think that's the direction. That's how theaters will survive. Do you tend to agree with with something like that? Yeah. You know, honestly,
2: and the, one of the things the embassy has done is tried to slide into that role. You know, the embassy has got some programming coming up um, where they're showing stuff, and, and the Q and A afterwards is with a you know big celebrity. Yeah. 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 You know. Yeah. And, and so, and the embassy has been a wonderful partner to us when we were down in COVID. We, we held hobnobbing at the embassy. Oh, and so awesome. the fact is that they're a wonderful community partner. I think that, that you're right that there is a, a way in which, uh, you know, certain things can thrive in that environment, too. And, you know, it's funny. Somebody said to me the, the other night that they, they were going to miss something at ours. They were going to something at the embassy. And I, I wanted to make it abundantly clear the embassy is not our competition. right. They're right. providing a different experience. They're a great group of people over there, and we, we love them. And, and uh, so you know, over, this summer, over this past summer
0: over this past summer the Philharmonic did the uh, the Jurassic Park and um, when I originally saw that film uh, it was at the Ziegfeld, downtown New York um, big theater obviously um, it was the closest I'd come to experiencing that original feeling of going to the theater was you had this big amphitheater uh, hundreds of thousands of people there the Philharmonic playing I mean that was a unique experience you're not gonna get uh, by clicking, you know, what's on my list on Netflix and figuring out the next thing you're going to. I mean, this is something. And those kinds of unique experiences only happen when you leave your house, people. And uh, Cinema Center offers that. Now, let me ask you this. What's there What's there this weekend? What You know, how do we get people out to your theater this weekend?
2: You know what? Off the top of my head, I am absolutely blanking. But um,
0: I mean, it is know, something I guess I could look up, couldn't I?
2: You know, it's funny, it's one of those things where you're right, I was like, I should have come uh, prep with the movies in hand, but, you know, I joke with our staff that the, the, the moment's going to come when we're successful, when somebody walks up to the, the ticket counter and says, oh, by the way, what's showing? You know? Yeah. Um, and it's because, the, you know, we're not in the, the business of necessarily, you know, we, we've got movies like Triangle of Sadness. And and you know like we, we we've got a we've had a French language film in there and you know like there are these kinds of niche films and there are these kinds of a twenty four obviously they're on the margins of indie film right you know a twenty four has become a pretty big distributor <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah. And, so, and so you know the the fact is that um, especially know, the uh, especially
0: do, the hidden horror movie like. Oh my gosh, A24 really came through. Uh, some of those yep. the the like four or five last great horror movies were, were distributed by A24.
2: Yep, yep. And you know they're finding those movies that, you know, probably deserve a bigger audience while also, you know, kind of being produced at indie kind of levels. And and they're and they're doing a great job. We love A24. They've been very good to us. they provided us great opportunities to show films and they understand our model in really cool ways. You know, a lot of distributors will come to you and say, hey, we need you to show this movie 30 times. And it's like, whoa. If we're showing it 30 times, we're showing it to July. Wow. wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Cinema Center, uh, they need that new bulb. Let's make sure we help them out. It's their uh, Cinema Center's laser project, uh, projector campaign, cinemacenter.org slash donate. Art Herbig, the executive director there. By the way, I did look up what's playing there, and uh, next weekend you've got Monty Python and the Holy Grail with some special prizes and stuff like that, too. Oh,
2: coconut. Coconut. I mean, that is
0: one of the all-time classic films.
2: (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's the coconut night. Yeah, that's going to be fun.
0: Go to their website too, and, and and you'll see all the things that they have to offer. Art, I wish I had more time, but I wish you the best of luck. Um, and uh, you know, we really, thank you
2: for the time, we really appreciate it. all the support we get from local media and um, from the community is much appreciated. And you giving us this couple minutes was very generous. We thank you very much.
0: No problem. Let's get them that new projector. Again, it's cinemacenter.org slash donate. Go check out their website, cinemacenter.org. Art, uh, good luck with your campaign. and Let
2: us know how it turns out. We will certainly do so. But we're a little over halfway there, so just need a little last
1: push.
0: All right, Chuck, boy, I distinctly remember 1983, 13 years old. I mean, you're talking about the prime of I have to go to the movies every Friday night to see a movie. And going through this list here and and uh, looking at my top 10 and beyond, um, it, it, it's just quite remarkable how many good quality movies were up on the big screen. And might I add, we were talking about this date in mutant, uh, TV history earlier in the show. V came out in 1983. The day after wow. it was 1983. So, the two quality programs on TV, event programs yeah. on TV. Remember event programming on television?
1: Listen, I remember watching the day after when that was coming on. I was in a bowling league, right? And I could not wait to finish my bowling league to get home to watch that along with like 70 million people. That, that was Jason Robots. What an amazing piece. Of uh, must see television that night,
0: and it shows you the times we were living in back then. You know Ronald Reagan and the
1: Cold War and USSR, sure. the threat of nuclear war. Oh, and that's why that—that's why that movie was really scary.
0: Yeah, and then if you remember a small picture called Testament that came out that year I too, it, uh,
1: excellent movie,
0: excellent uh, Jane movie. Jane Alexander and a young Kevin yeah. Costner in it as well. Uh, mm-hmm. That dealt with the after effects of nuclear war. So you know, forty years later. It, we're not that much different you know as far as the state of the world uh, but uh it just goes to show you this is before uh, uh the year before our favorite year of all time 1984 but it's a solid top 10 list for me chuck oh, let me sure. go through uh my 10 through 6 and you tell me what you think of my list uh, sure at number 10 martin scorsese's king of comedy which had uh, robert de niro kidnapping the tv host jerry lewis dark dark comedy Two great mm-hmm. characters, excellent, deme- uh, excellent director at the top of his game, and it just, uh, just offbeat enough where it's funny but very, very scary at the same and, time. And,
1: and remember, Sandra B- Uh Bernhard, very interesting, uh, very interesting talent. It's not on my top ten, but it's in my top fifteen. It would be.
0: My number nine is Eddie and the Cruisers, the uh, basically TV video, a uh, video movie with Michael Paré. And, wow. uh, you know, Eddie, uh, fall. you know, they don't know where he is. Tom Berringer, they do a retrospect. The band gets back together. Is he alive? Is he dead? Some great mo- music from John Cafferty in this soundtrack. Um, it, lasting memory for me, especially the last frames when you figure out what really happens to Eddie. I really am a big fan of of that movie more for the music than the movie, but it really works with the stars in the, in the, in the roles like Tom Berenger and Michael Perret. Uh, yep. One of the funniest, I talked about earlier this year might have the three funniest movies of all time. Two of them are back to back here at number eight and number seven for me. And it's the, the comic uh, ability of Eddie, uh, Eddie Murphy and Roddy Dangerfield at number eight. I have easy money wall to wall laps. I can quote about 500 lines from this movie. Joe Pesci, very funny in this as well. And then Trading Places, uh, Chuck, with uh really was the second movie that really put Eddie stamped Eddie Murphy uh in Hollywood with him and Dan Aykroyd. Just a classic, classic movie. It's film.
1: a classic movie. It's and outside both those movies are outside my top ten, just barely. But I wanted to squeeze them in, but there's so there's just so many good movies. But uh
0: and my number six is, and my number six is a bit of an underdog of a film, but for some reason it's lasted since maybe because of when I was uh when it came out, I was a teenager in high school, but all the Right Moves is my number six, Chuck. A little football movie with Tom Cruise, uh, wow. Stefan George, trying to get a college a scholarship to college off his football uh, performances. And Craig T. Nelson as the coach, blackballing him. Um, just the old, gritty Pittsburgh town. Uh, just so many great things about this film, Chuck, that I still don't think that many people have given it a chance and watched it. But it's got a lot of heart. It's got a really good performance from Craig T. Nelson and and a young Tom Cruise showing, you know, I'm not just this good looking guy who's going to play Tom Cruise in all these movies. He actually brings some depth to Steph Georgeovich. For some reason, I've always loved All the Right Moves. It's in all my sports movies lists. And it's going to be in my favorites of uh, 1983. So here's, a,
1: here, here's the thing with this movie. I remember seeing this film in a theater opening weekend and the movie was packed. Okay i don't think it has many it's it's not a movie that has laughs or much comic relief no, it's basically no. a pretty serious movie with with uh with, with a, a sort of menacing uh, around the edges craig t nelson is the football coach right Yep. yet yet audiences in those days i'm talking about young audiences were certainly compelled watching a movie like this in a movie theater which is which is another example how times have changed if they made this film today they would have to load it with a, with a ton of humor. Am I right? Am I wrong?
2: Yep.
0: And, and they, John Cruz was not a household name just no, yet. he's close. It was uh, yeah. another movie this year. is probably on your list. I'm not sure if it is, but Risky Business came out. This yeah. this also came out that year. He was starting at his ascension. And the, the side note, movie cinematographer, do you know who it was? No. Jean de
1: was the wow, cinematographer.
0: Okay. And and the grittiness and the locations really sell help sell this movie uh, even more. So there's your ten through six King of Comedy, Eddie and the Cruisers, Easy Money, Trading Places, and all the right moves. That's ten through six. Can only imagine what the top five is going to be. And you said some of them aren't even on your list, which I can't yep. wait to see what your ten through six is.
1: Okay, Mike, my, my number ten. I went with a movie that's a movie that for me is extremely repeatable. I watch it probably at least once or twice a year. Uh, besides Jaws, it's probably my favorite Roy Scheider movie, and that's Blue Thunder. Uh, really do like Malcolm McDowell as is, is the villain. I find this movie ver- very exciting. Daniel Stern, also really good. Uh, it's a really good R-rated, uh, R-rated entertainment back in uh, its day. Number nine, I went with Lone Wolf McQuaid, one of my favorite, oh, Chuck, wow. Nor- yeah. Yeah. Of my favorite Chuck Norris movies. Uh, John Carradine, awesome uh, pit- to pit him against Chuck Norris, and that score uh, is really unique. Sort of feels like an old-school Western. This mm-hmm. is a unique film. I, you know, I just recently watched this a few months ago. It holds up really well. If you're a Norris fan or you want to become a Chuck Norris fan, this is one of the staple Chuck Norris movies. Lone Wolf, McQuaid, my number nine. Number eight, uh, a movie that I watched many times on, uh, on a basic cable channel in 1983. Officer and a Gentleman, Richard Gere, Deborah Winger, uh, Lou Gossett Jr., this is just an awesome movie, and I'm a big fan of it. That's my number eight. Number seven, I went with uh, I went with Return of the Jedi. Uh, it's not number one or number two, but I had a blast watching this back in 1983. And at least when I watched it originally, I had no issue with the Ewoks. I sort of really enjoyed it uh, at a younger age. So I went with Return of the Jedi is my number eight. Number seven, I went with um, Max Max Dugan. Uh, no. Max Dubin returns, returns which, yeah. which is a really good movie with Jason Robards um, and Matthew Broderick, Marsha Mason, Donald Sutherland, and I'm going to give you a question: Who played the batting coach that uh, that 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 is hired to teach Matthew Broderick's character how to hit? I
0: cannot remember.
1: It was uh, it was uh, it was Lou. Char- what was it? Char- was it Charlie? Charlie Lau.
0: Lau. Charlie Lau. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was
1: Charlie Lau, who made a cameo. In that movie, and I thought that was uh,
0: Neil Simon real. movie. Neil Simon,
1: yeah, It was a Neil Simon movie. And then I put uh, as my number six, I put Risky Business with uh, with Tom Cruise. I, I felt this was a this was a sort of a breakthrough movie for teen audiences or young adult audiences back in 1983. Besides Cruise being really good in this movie, Rebecca De holds her own very well with him, and and the the, the supporting cast, especially the guy. Who played, I forget his name, who played Booger in Revenge of the Curtis
0: Earth. Armstrong, yeah. Curtis
1: Armstrong <laughs> was pretty cool in this in in this uh in in this in this film.
0: And Joe Pantoliano as Guido the Killer Pimp. I mean, uh that's a great movie. Very R rated too, uh, for a teenage comedy. That was an extremely R rated movie. Uh I, I do like your list. Blue Thunder. Trivia question for Blue Thunder. Who played Roy Shire's part on the on the short lived TV series? Do you remember?
1: Well, I know I don't want to mistake it with Airwolf. Deacon Jones was in which one? Airwolf was that?
0: No, he was in that one. No, not Deacon Jones. It was Bubba Smith and Dick Bubba- Buck.
1: Okay. What a kid. What a boy. David what a kid. Harvey
0: played the role of Daniel Stern on this TV show. Come on. Who was the lead?
1: I, I don't remember.
0: James Farantino, Uh Really? Okay. TV, TV back in the day uh i'll jump right in my number five was in on your list too return of the jedi was my number five uh i thought it was a a a triumphant completion of the trilogy i i much like you look i was younger so the ewoks aren't going to bother me at all i thought they were a lot of fun john williams scores fantastic wraps up all the loose ends as well i hate what uh lucas did what 20 years later adding all the digital stuff and uh, i hated that he did all that changed the theme to the ewoks as well um it's a fun movie, Chuck. It wraps everything up. There's, I would argue, one of the best moments of the decade is when uh Darth Vader turns good. I that's agree cute. with
1: that. I, I listen. I would say the one thing I would say about Return of the Jedi is its last half hour is as good as anything in any Star Wars movie. That I would say, and I think that's accurate. No? Yeah,
0: no doubt about it. No doubt because it ties up all those all the characters, yeah, and,
1: and those are iconic moments. I mean. Vader's redemption is like, I mean, and it's weird because the people who knock Jedi like they're completely discounting one of the greatest moments in the history of cinema, Absolutely. which is Vader's redemption, no doubt.
0: Absolutely, and and that that movie and the power of that moment is kind of watered down now from all the other ancillary storylines around uh, Darth Vader and and Luke Skywalker. But with those, just those three movies, and at that moment, I mean, there was nothing better than when he picks right. up. The the, the uh, evil empire and frozen off. That's just the emperor. Just incredible, incredible moment.
1: I agree. My number five, uh, one of my all time favorite Paul Newman films, The Verdict. Uh, oh, it might moment. be his. It might be his best performance. Uh, I would say again, they, they rarely make movies like this anymore, especially big star power studio films. This is what we need to get the Oscars to have legitimacy in in the Oscars. Movies like The Verdict. Um, I, I, lo- I love this movie. It was a great film
0: great movie uh with uh, paul newman one of his best performances uh but i will i, I might uh, uh, cast some judgment arnie here uh, to say that was a late 1982 winter movie that got released in in early 1983
1: it was one of those wow oh, okay awesome. so i'll, I'll say, give it to you I'll give no it no 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 here's the thing i i think i i think in my top 6 i put seven movies actually so we'll take we'll just we'll kick the verdict out it's a fair <laughs> point that's a fair. That's a fair let me just let me get my let me get my pen out here okay fair point <laughs>
0: Yeah, you got so make sure when we recap at the end. You got, I am
1: you got, I'll get it right.
0: You got your list. Uh okay. Chuck, this this movie that I'm about to bring up might be your favorite of the year. So I hate to talk about it. Um, but I'll bring it up at my number four. Uh, and that's uh Stephen King's The Dead Zone with one of the great iconic characters uh of the eighties, uh, with uh Christopher Walken, who can uh predict see the dead, see the future, uh if he just holds on to you. Chuck, I read the book. And the movie's creepier, and a lot of it has to do, well, maybe all of it has to do with the performance by Christopher Walken, who's just, I mean, this could be a performance of a career. Um, It's scary. It's got a lot of heart. It's got a lot of depth. And it's got a character in it, too, that makes you really hark back to, wow, this was 40 years ago, not 40 days ago. Um, And that's the Martin Sheen character. Uh, Boy, oh, boy, it still resonates, Chuck. And it's it's maybe the best Stephen King movie ever put to celluloid but it's my number four movie of the year. And I can only imagine you're going to want to talk about it later on.
1: It's my number two. And I got to tell you, I'm going to do, I'm doing this this series at the Pocono Cinema called Saturday Night Spotlight, where we we spotlight a movie, try to get a revival crowd on a third Saturday of every month. And I'm going to be doing the dead zone in February. So I was curious and I put it on my big screen television at my business the other day. And I got to tell you, I watched it. And this movie is still one of my all time favorite films. A character driven movie that has really just incredibly interesting nuances. Christopher Organ's performance is as good as it gets. David Cronenberg was a really interesting match and he did a great job on this film. And when Martin Sheen enters the movie, it just takes it to a very unique level uh, and the culmination at the end when those characters merge Ooh. is some incredible story t- telling Mike it really and is pulls,
0: and pulls no punches at the end this is the ending goodbye it's over there's no you know heartwarming you know the sun will come up tomorrow type ending uh it, it, it's blunt and it's perfect. it's a great ending to the
1: movie I would completely agree and 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 uh, Brooke Adams oh, who a big, we're both big fans of really good
0: yep uh, my number three is completely. Different tone. And that's one of the funniest movies of all time. And that's the first uh, vacation for the Griswold family. Chuck National Lampoon's Vacation really was what made Chevy Chase the movie star of the, you know, comedy movie star of the mid 80s. After this, he would do Fletch and a couple of other vacation movies. But this is the one, maybe, that best perform- personifies and reaches the widest audience of Chevy Chase movies. Classic, classic stuff. And I was so proud of my daughter. Um, watching it with her, Chuck. She had to watch the scene when he flips out on the family four times. She wouldn't let me continue the movie and go far. Like she, watching it for the first time, she goes, "Can you rewind that? I want to watch again." And she was crying, laughing when he's telling them all that they're going to be whistling zippity doo dah out of you know what. Great movie, Chuck. Classic lines. Classic performance by. Chevy Chase, and it really started a franchise that really lives on forever because of the Christmas movie, which took it to another level, Chuck. But this is where it all started. Raw, funny, um, and and well-written and directed to Harold Ramis as well. So this is one of my favorite comedies of all time, Chuck. It's my number three.
1: Uh, I actually uh, went from the Dead Zone, which is my number two, so I didn't do my number four. My number four is Scarface. Movie. Uh, Brian, Brian Palma's Scarface, which I think has a, a unique place in history. Of, of film. Uh, when it came out, uh, the reviews were good but but some were somewhat polarizing. A lot of people felt Al Pacino was over the, the, the top. Mm-hmm. But in terms of pure entertainment value, Mike, from beginning to end, this movie has it in Spades. It's beautifully shot and the, the climatic uh, last 20 minutes in this movie when when, that, when that, uh, that, uh, that guy is hired to take down Tony Montana who does not speak. And, and and Tony Montana's uh, just completely lost it uh, on on a high of, of his own supply, as we should say. Uh, it's just incredible, entertaining filmmaking, and uh, this is an iconic movie of the eighties and certainly nineteen eighty three. So that was my uh, number four. My number three uh, is is Trading Places, uh, <laughs> and, and the reason I like Trading the reason I like Trading Places is. This is one of those movies when it came out and then when it came on that pay service, WHT, it's one of those movies I would watch with friends over and over. And, and, uh, it's just like, think of the script that they use for trading places, how complex, uh, and and complicated that script was. And understanding the commodity markets, uh, the time they took to put that together and the casting of Ackroyd and Murphy, um, you don't get movies much better. That's my number three.
0: No, and written by Timothy Harrison, and Herschel Weingrad. Not only their casting, which you know they're comic geniuses; they're both very funny. But how smart was it to bring two old timers in, Ralph Bellamy and Don oh, Michi Are so great characters. Story. I mean,
1: great. And not only did they bring them in, but they gave them fleshed-out characters that yeah. had bite. Right? Yeah, right. I mean, they're they're almost,
0: they, they almost carry the same amount of screen time and 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 development as the other two characters. And, and kudos to. Eddie Murphy for bringing him back and coming to America. Uh, remember when that came out and he hands yeah. the money to, to the two bums on the side of the road and and uh, <laughs> yeah. just iconic characters and Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, let, we, we got to bring her up. Yeah, sure, Jamie as well. Curtis. And it was yeah. a different role for her at the time too. She was doing all those scream queen movies. This was really yeah. the first one that, you know, showed that she could do a lot more.
1: And, 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 and who was the gorilla who played the gorilla? That was uh James Belushi. James Belushi. Yep.
0: Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, great movie on my list. Uh, just not as high as yours. All right, Chuck. My number two, I think our two and one might be interchangeable. My number two is Terms of Endearment. Um, just a picture-perfect cl- uh, movie. James L. Brooks. It won all the awards. Uh, iconic character by Shirley MacLaine, um, Deborah Winger, and and, and J- Jack Nicholson. It, it hits all the right notes. It's funny, but more. I mean, it. I mean, you talk about crying. I, this was one of this and E.T. Growing up were the two movies that instantly cry when. Jack Nicholson character shows up at the pool at the end of the movie. Chuck, I absolutely lose it every time I watch this. Um, You know, does it manipulate the audience? Of course it does. But the screenplay is so good. uh, And the characters are so good. Right down to John Lithgow and uh, his performance as the professor that's having an affair with Deborah Wing or even Jeff Daniels in one of his first roles, too, as the cheating husband. So many good layers, Chuck. But really, the iconic character of it all is what Shirley MacLaine does um i'm I'm not i'm I'm guessing it might be your number one i don't know
1: no Um, no it's not it's actually not again my number two is the dead zone my number one you want to go first to me
0: but wait you got to tell me what was your number three trading Mm -hmm. places oh number two is dead zone okay did we skip terms on your list
1: no it's not
0: okay uh just a great overall fantastic movie um all right, my, your number one, my number one, could be the same. Then I thought maybe we we I, I jumbled them up when terms of Madeira was on your list somewhere. Uh, your number one
1: is War Games.
0: That's my number one.
1: Um, yeah, I was I, I, I was it, saying, it, Chuck, it, 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 it had. I, go ahead, you go first. No, I was
0: going to say uh, not only is it my favorite movie of 1983, it's one of my top ten movies of all time. Wow, okay. Um, it, it might be one of the best movies of the decade. Uh, it, it just and look, I'm 13 years old. He's in high school. I, I relate to the character. I was scared of nuclear war at the time. Um, Matthew Brodovic is perfect in this role. Absolutely perfect. And casting Dabney Coleman opposite him as a somewhat villain uh, was yeah. absolutely perfect as well. I mean, here's a guy who you normally wouldn't see in that type role. Uh, but what's appealing about him is he's kind of a good guy, too. He wants to do the right thing. He's just in a tough situation. it has got a great screenplay. John Badham directs. Uh, it's quickly paced. It's paranoia. It's fun if you're if you're a tech geek too because you go back to 1983 and watch this stuff. It's got a good score. Ali Sheedy is a good uh, 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 love interest. Very a, feeling, a little bit very feeling. Um I, I just I love everything about this movie. Mostly the pacing too, Chuck. Uh, it, it's just it takes its time. It weaves the paranoia it uses
1: it, and it uses humor to good effect. Absolutely perfect. Tension breaking humor is very good. I'm telling you. I watched this numerous times in the movie theater back in 83. The audience loved this movie. I mean, Absolutely. they loved this movie, and they went along with the ride of Matthew Broderick's character. Uh, I mean, they grabbed, the audience grabbed his belt and completely went along with the, uh, with the ride. It was a big box office hit in its day. Certainly more character-driven than action oriented, but Absolutely. it was compelling and suspenseful. Uh, I do believe that the, the, the Neuron, I think it was set, uh, was the most expensive set at the time. For, for a, a, an actor that he actually built from start to finish on uh on on a on a stage and uh really good and we'll hear one other trivia question name what was the name of the of the uh, computer
0: uh I almost said um it's uh don't tell me
1: uh uh why? begins with a j <laughs> Joshua
0: Joshua, I was thinking Whopper because that was the name of the computer in the at NORAD. Right. But Joshua, shall we play again? Can we play again? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know, who also, I liked in this movie the actor John Wood, who plays the isolated man who develops. The oh, game. very good,
1: very, He's very, very good,
0: good on that and on the island, who just basically has given up. He's like, let them all blow each other up, we're all gonna die anyway. And, yeah. and the two kids appealing to him, you've lived your life, we still want to live. Chuck, this movie was yeah. nominated for three Academy Awards, it worldwide budget. One hundred and twenty-five million dollars on a twelve million-dollar budget movie—that's a success, Chuck. And the rel- and and they really stayed away from. I mean, I guess you can't make a sequel to a movie like this. But talking about a profitable film for MGM, a war game definitely was.
1: Yeah, here's the thing, and you just summed this up. I've been saying, okay, the, you want to know, people are listening, do you want to know the biggest issue, the biggest problem Hollywood studios have now versus then? Movies are way, 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 way too expensive to make. That is, you're talking about a ten to one margin off budget to gross, right? I went back to and I was telling the audience when I did a a private screening of the Poseidon Adventure, five million dollars, hundred million dollar box office. Now a movie costs a hundred million dollars, and if it makes two hundred million dollars, they're on their hands and knees praying. That they could do that as a very break even point. That's the that's the issue with movies now. Just the product is too expensive to produce as a whole, and that is a huge huge uh, factor no, why the industry has so many issues.
0: I think another problem is too Chuck is uh, you look at the our lists original screenplays. Uh, that take time to develop characters, not based on books or based on other old TV shows. The, a lot of these the movies on my list and your list, original screenplays like this one, like uh, Terms of Endearment, James L. Brooks, Trading Places. We mentioned it. We're talking about the movie's not going to be good unless the words the people are saying matter and make sense and are appealing. I, so, and
1: here's here's another thing: when you walked into the movie into the movies in 1983, you sat down, right? the movie starts, you mm-hmm. don't really know what you're going to see. You have a basic, you have, you, you have somewhat of a basic idea off a trailer you've seen in another movie, right? That was the beginning and the end that got you motivated to see the next one, right? Yeah. Or you open up a newspaper and you see the newspaper clipping in the reviews. That that was yeah. it. Yep. Yeah. Now, you know, beginning, middle, end, and every other scene. I could go, you could go on YouTube right now, Mike, and basically you could splice together the entire movie of Megan. Like yeah. they, they have three minute scenes that are like 10 of them. That's, yeah. that's a half
0: hour of the whole film. Yeah. Well, it's the angle of discovery, right? Chuck, back in 1983, you discovered it and then hoped everybody else would. Now, everybody discovers it, and then you're like, all right, maybe I'll go check it out and see what everybody's talking about. It's a totally different world now. You, want, you would see uh, a movie like War Games and then wait to see, boy, it, am I wrong? Is this a great movie? And then everybody jumps on board, and then you find out the buzz comes after. Nowadays... You know, you know, you know, talking with the, the cinema guy uh, and, and, you know, this yourself, there was times back in the 80s, Chuck, you would go to the movies and you didn't even know what you were going to go see until you looked at the posters and what was playing, what's playing, what I want to see. Then you decided now, I mean, Very
1: true. Very, uh, listen, how many times did you go to a movie theater at the box office? The patron would say, what do you think I should see to, yeah. the, to the cashier? And they yep. say, "Oh, this is getting really good buzz. A lot of people are seeing this today." And they yep. go, "Okay, what do you think? Yeah, okay, let's 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 pay to see that one."
0: Well, yep. because much like now, we're trained to find entertainment differently now than we were trained. Friday nights, Saturday nights, we're getting a car, grab the kids. What do you guys want to go see? Let's let's see what's playing. Let's go get the paper, right? Let's get to see the paper, see what the show times are, see what's coming out. Um, uh, well, we talk about it almost every week on this show how much the times are different. All right, real quick, our 10 through 1, 1983 for me. Number 10, King of Comedy, Eddie and the Cruisers, 9, Easy Money, 8, Trading Places, 7, All the Right Moves, 6, Return of the Jedi, 5, The Dead Zone, 4, Vacation, 3, Terms of Endearment, 2, and War Games, number 1.
1: Very good. My number 10, Blue Thunder. Number nine, Lone Wolf McQuaid with Chuck Norris. Number eight, Officer and Gentleman. Number seven, uh, Return of the Jedi. Number six, Max Dugan Returns. Number five, Risky Business. Number four, Scarface. Number three, Trading Places. Number two, The Dead Zone. And number one, War Games. Good, uh, good, good to have you back, Mike.
0: Yeah, and uh, once again, help out Cinema Center here in Fort Wayne. Get a new projector. Go to cinemacenter.org slash donate today and uh, do whatever you can to help out that great organization. Chuck, we'll do this all over again next week.
1: Thanks, Mike. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to Movie Maniacs. Download one of our archived episodes. Be sure to subscribe to
0: us wherever you listen to podcasts.